Okay, we're starting here on the top of Nun Cherem and Aleph. Kamar is continuing to discuss here relative to Bavel. We saw yesterday at the end of the Daf with regards to making Brachot in Bavel because of the number of things that took place, the destruction of Bavel, destruction of Buchanetzar, so on and so forth. So here the Gemara continues with that theme and says, Amar Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar, Nitkalala Bavel, Nitkalalush Chena. When Bavel was cursed, its neighbors were also cursed. Nitkalala Shomron, on the other hand, curse of Sharon, nit barchushkeneha. Its neighbors benefited from that. Nit kalabavel, nit kalushkeneha. Let's explain that. Is dichtiv, because the Pasuk says, visamtia, the morash kipod, the agme maim. I'm going to make bavel into, I don't know if the word sanctuary, a place where the kipod, literal translation is the bitter, and Rashi says it's chayot vofot rahim, wild animals, birds, it's become a place of desolation where the animals are going to roam. Agmei and water. Shechenah is because now they have all these wild animals that are adjacent to them because of what happened to Bavel. On the other hand, when Micha speaks about the curse that Hashem places on the Shomron, that he's going to destroy the Shomron, there it says, Nitkala Shomron nitbarchu Shechenah dechdev v'samti Shomron v'i asadeh l'matei kharem. I'm going to make Shomron into a heap of fields into wild vineyards. So the neighbors benefit from the fact that there are these fields and vineyards next to it. They don't have all these wild animals next to it. Someone who sees a multitude of Israel. Rashi over here mentions that it has to be 600,000, which the Gemara will qualify later. Omer, Baruch, Hacham, Harazim. The bracha is Hacham Harazim, the one who is wise to all secrets, meaning that, and the Gemara will explain this later, that each individual is unique, and Hashem knows all of them. Uchlusei ovdei kuchavim, on the other hand, we see multitudes of non-Jews, Omer, Bosha imechem. Here it's talking about Latid Davo, Yirmiyah says that your mother should be embarrassed. Chufra, Yomodotcha, you should be shamed at the day of your birth because all of them are going to be thrown out of their lands, dispersed because of that which they did. The idea being Latid Davo, Bosha imechem, that your behavior, the way that you conduct yourself, they should be embarrassed. Turn of Anan. Aroech, Lusei Israel, Merbrocha, Chamarazim. Sheen tam tam, Domezelazer, because no two people are alike. No two people look the same. Zoma ra'a uchusa agav male harabai. Ben Zoma saw a large multitude of Klal on a stair on Harabait. Amar, so he made a bracha, baruch hachamarazim. And number two is, ubaruch shebrako edel disham sheni. Baruch that Hashem created all of these to serve me. The Gemara will continue with that in one second. I just want to take a little moment here and just think about Ben Zoma. Ben Zoma is a contemporary of Rabbi Akiva, younger than Rabbi Akiva. Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, Rabbi Akiva, those are part of the Arba Nichnesu the Pardes. The difficulty with that is that we know Rabbi Akiva lives through the Chorban Abayit. And in living through the Chorban Abayit, it means Ben Zoma, who lives during Hadrianic persecutions where Rabbi Akiva is killed, which is around the year 130, is way after the Chorban Abayit. And Ben Zoma here is testifying to the fact that he sees a large population of Bnei Israel sitting on Harabait. It's one of the rayot that are brought by some of the ascension of people to Harabait even after the Churban Abayit. Because of this story here of Ben Zoma, it would be hard to indicate that Ben Zoma was alive during the Churban. He would have to be very young. What's Harabait? It's the same one that you they had. It's the Herodian platform. Yeah, but it's the Herodian platform. It's not in It's inside the walls, the Herodian walls. I'm just pointing it out, just based on when Ben Zoma lived. It sounds like people were on Harabait even post Khurban. This is before Harabait is plowed over. In the one of the five things that we talk about on Tishbab is it's on Sadeh Techarash. 
later on, Harabite is plowed over. When the Romans want to make sure that there's no more revolts after the Bakokhova revolt, they plow over Harabite. So this would be before that point in time, but still means that people were on Harabite. It's just interesting to know. And now he said, the second bracha, he says, Baruch Shabra Oedel de Shamasheni. Strange, is Yuya Omer. How many giyot you got, Adam Rishon? How hard did Adam Rishon have to work at Shematzah Pat Echol until he found bread to eat? So here is an introduction to Shabbat. We're going to go through all the malachot of making pat, which is harash, plowed, visara, he planted, v'katsar, he harvested, v'amar, made a pals, v'dash, he threshed, zara, and he winnowed, birer, he separated out, v'tachan, and he ground, he milled, v'rkid, and then he did harkada, was another sifting process, v'lash, then he had to knead, v'afa, and then he baked it. In the whole process of making bread was significant. And then only then was he able to eat bread. I get up in the morning. I get up in the morning and there's all this bread in the bakeries, in the market. How hard did Adam Arishon have to work until he had a clothing to wear? Kazaz, he had to shear, the bane. He had to whiten, bleach, nafatz, he had to comb, tava, spun, varag, and then weaved, vachakach, matzabeg, and then only after that did he have a piece of clothing, lobosh, to wear, vanim, ashkim, umutza, kol, edu, mitukanim, lefanai. I have all this ready for me. Kol, umunuyot, shoktot, ubot, apetach, beiti. All the craftsmen, artisans come to the door of my house and they're selling their wares. And I find all of them in front of me. Now, it's not clear from the statement whether because he was a Talmud Chacham, therefore he was entitled to all of this from the people. I'm not sure that's what he's saying over here. I think he's just saying that he doesn't have to personally do all of this effort. There are others who are making that effort and he's able to purchase it and with ease and therefore put his time into learning of Torah instead of having to make all of this effort to produce that which is there. And that's what he's saying. Baruch Shepard is that other people are doing the work, and therefore I'm able to save myself all that time and just buy the finished product. Who are you, Omer? Ureach tov mahu Omer. Good guest. What does he say? Kama terchot tarach balabayit. How hard did this host work for me, Bishvili? Kama basar hevilafanai. How much meat did he present before me? Kama yain hevilafanai. How much wine did he bring for me to drink? Kama guskaot hevilafanai. How many delicacies, cakes did he bring before me? V'chol mesha tarach lo tarach ala Bishvili. Put all this effort in just for me. A bad guess. What does he say? And what, what, what did he do for me? One loaf of bread. One piece of meat. They drank one cup of wine. Meaning, there's not, I didn't really, he didn't have to put any extra effort in for me. I barely ate anything. Any effort that he put in, he had to do it anyway for his kids, for his wife. So I went, a little extra for me? What's the big deal? So, and a good guess, what does it say? It's a from Yov, Zichor, Ki Tazgi Pa'alo, Ashir Shoruru Anashim. So remember, Ki Tazgi, that Angren dies, was great, Palo, his actions were great. Ashir Shoruru Anashim, that either the word sure could be to see, or Shoruru means to sing. People sing about it. So the idea being that you Angren dies, and the actions of the Balabite, even though he only fed you a small amount, nevertheless you assign all the effort that he put in and sing the praises of the Balabite. So the same idea that's being Yov, talking about the Maise Hashem over there. Actions of Hashem that people sing about. Areach Raktiv, on a bad guess it says, anashim. People will fear him. And then it says, continuing on, because no Chacham is significant in front of him. And again, it's referring to Hashem here. 
people will be fearful of him because no chacham can stand up to him, can be next to him. The Gemara is playing on people will be fearful of him, people will not want to associate with him because nobody's a chacham, meaning that this person doesn't assign credit to anyone else. And they're not assigning credit to him, they're going to be fearful of him, they're not going to want him. They're not going to want somebody like that near them because he doesn't acknowledge the effort that is placed or done on his behalf. Vaish bimesha zakein baba nashim. This is referring to, as the is going to say in one second, Ishai ben David. It says that David was born to an Isha Frati, and there was this man, bimesha zakein baba nashim. He was older, and he was amongst the people. Amarava bimesha of Zvid, bimesha of Oshaya, ze Ishai avid David. This is referring to Ishai, David's father. Shiatza bilchlusa, bimechlas bilchlusa. He went in with the people, came out with the people, darash bilchlusa, and it was Doresh. Amongst the people. Idea meaning that he was, a, he was a part of the people. He was a regular man. Regular person within the people. I mean, it sounds here as Doresh. But that, there wasn't anything that made him stand out from the others that were there. He joined the ranks of the people. Amar Ula, Nakatinan, Enuklusa Bebavel. There is no such thing as an Enuklusa in Bavel. Multitudes of Klal in Bavel. And then, Tana Enuklusa Pechuta Mishishim Ribo. That's what I said before. Rashi comments brings it with the Gemara. we say later on. That a multitude of Israel cannot be less than 600,000. And the second statement is that there is no Chlusa in Bavel. You could understand it, which probably is not the Pshat here, that Bavel does not have the 600,000, which doesn't make so much sense because we know that the population of Bavel exceeded that of Eretz Israel. That's probably not the explanation. Probably explanations along the lines of the Gemara and Horiot. When you have B'nai Israel and Eretz Israel are called Kahal, Israel, when they're outside of Eretz Israel, they're not called Kal Israel. They don't have a designation or a significance of Kal Israel outside of Eretz Israel. So therefore, there's Enuchlusa Bavavel. We don't make that brach of the multitudes of Kal Israel in Bavel, either because they're not called multitudes of Israel because they're outside of Eretz Israel. Could argue because they're in Galut. That means that there's a dispersion. We don't see them as a unit anymore. There are many ways to interpret it, but obviously the significance of Klai outside of Eretz Yisrael is diminished significantly compared to their significance within Eretz Yisrael. Alright, Tanar Vanan, Re'ech Ochmei Yisrael, someone who sees Chavchamim of Klai Yisrael, Mer Baruch Shechalak Mi Chavmatoli Re'av. Blessed be the one who gave of his Chochmah to those that fear him. Chochmei Obdei Kochavim Omer, the one who sees the wise amongst the non-Jews, Omer Baruch Shnatan Michachmato. The Gerson Argumar is Libri Otav. You can see here that the Gro has an ot here, which says the Basar Vadam. That gave from his Chuchmah to human beings. The contrast is clear, which is that, first of all, there is an acknowledgement that there is Chuchmah Bagoyim. Very important. That there isn't just Chuchmah Vizel, there is Chuchmah Bagoyim. But the Bracha is differentiated, meaning that the Chuchmah that we see amongst the Jews, we look at as a derivative of Chuchmah Hashem. Whereas the Chokhmah amongst the Goyim, we be seeing it as being something that is driven by the human side, not by a Kosh Baruch. Obviously Hashem gives both of those, but the connection or the use of that wisdom for the purposes of drawing close to Hashem and plumbing the depths of Torah make different the bracha that we're going to make on it. I'm assuming that if someone sees a Jewish Nobel laureate, that the bracha might be Shinatan Mechachmatol Ebriotav. I'm not sure which, if you'd make the bracha of Shechalak, Shechilek Mechachmatol Ebriotav. Because I think it might be referring specifically to Tamir Chachamim and those that use that wisdom within Torah. So Hashem who gave, gives of his kavod to those that fear him, portion of his honor to those that fear him. Whether it's not Jewish kings, Baruch Shnatan Again, the Gura changes the Gersa to the Basar Vadam. And the same contrast over here, 
where the Kvod Melochim and the Jews is connected to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, whereas the Kvod Melochim and the non-Jews is not. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan, the Olam Yishtadel Adam Larutz Likrat Melochim Yisrael, Likrat Melochim Yisrael Bilvad. person should always run to see the royalty of Klal Yisrael, not just the royalty of Klal Yisrael, but even Afil Likrat Melochim even the royalty of the non-Jews, we've seen this twice before in the Masechah, back on Ted and Yutet, over there Rabbi Yochanan describes how they used to be skipping over the Kvarim in order to go see the Melachim, to see the kings. Because if one is Zuchet, he will able to differentiate and see this difference between the Malachim Yisrael and Malachim of the Kvarim. So Rashi explains this is Latid Lavo. In the future, Lolam Abba, Vireh Bechvod Melach HaMashiach, he'll see the Kvod Melach HaMashiach, Yavchin, those that do mitzvot, their kavod, their honor will far exceed the honor granted to the royalty of the non-Jews today. So there was an imbalance already where the royalty of, or the honor of the royalty of the non-Jews far exceeded that of the royalty of the Jewish kings. And so you should use that as your benchmark for Latid Lavot to see that those that do the mitzvot will far exceed the honor given to the royalty of the non-Jews. But also the switch, that the royalty of the Jews will also, even though they, in this world their honor is diminished, in comparison in the world to come, their honor will exceed that of the non-Jewish kings. Just to note that Rashi calls Lo'om Abba and Yimot Mashiach the same thing. He does not separate between them. It's unlike some other Rishonim who think that Olam Abba and Mashiach, or Yimot Mashiach are two separate time periods. Rashi says the Olam Abba, you will see Melech Mashiach. Seems to indicate Rashi sees them as a single period or a single time. Rosheshet was blind. Everybody was going to greet the king. There was a king approaching and everybody was going to greet to see the royal procession. Rosheshet followed along with the throngs to go see the king. On his way, Stuki bumps into him. Says, I don't understand. Pitchers, they go in the river. Those are whole pictures that go in the river. They can draw water. But Kigane Layo, on the other hand, broken shards, what's the point of taking broken shards to the river? They don't draw any water. The same being true here, he says, of Rav Sheshit. He says, people can see, makes sense that they're running to go see the king. You can't see, why bother going to see the king? Let's go. We'll go together and I'll show you that I know more than you. Chalaf Gunda Kamaito. The first procession, the first troop passes by. Kikaavsho. All of a sudden the people started to scream and, and talk. Samalei, Atamalko. The king must be coming now. Everybody's excited. Everything's going on. He says, Samalei, Rosheshet, Lokati. No, that's, he's, the king's not here yet. Chalav Gundo Tinyano. The second troop procession passes by. Kikaavsho. Again, people start to shout. The throngs got excited. Samalei, Hautstuki, Ashtakati Malko. The king must be coming now. The king's not coming yet. Chalav Tlitai. The third procession or troop comes by. Kikashatka. Everybody drew, everybody went silent. The king's coming now. How do you know that? How did you know that the silence was the indication of the king coming and not the throngs and the noise? Because the royalty below mimics or is a derivative of royalty in Shemayim. And we know about the royalty in Shemayim, Dichtiv. It says about Eliyahu Navi when he has the revelation on Har Sinai in the desert when he goes out and Hashem appears to him. It says, Stand on that mountain before Hashem. Hashem Hashem is passing by. And there's a huge wind, strong, 
that breaks mountains, shatters rocks that come before Hashem. But lo beruach Hashem. Hashem's not in that wind, that storm. Vacharuach rash. And after the wind comes a large noise or an earthquake, lo berash Hashem. But Hashem's not in that. Vachar rash esh. And after that comes a fire. Below beesh Hashem. But Hashem's not in the fire. Vachar esh. After the fire comes, a very whisper, soft voice. And that is where Hashem was. So that's, he says that just like when Hashem appeared, He came in a quiet manner after all the pomp and circumstance that preceded Him, the same thing with the king. The king, all the pomp and circumstance precedes the king. When it gets silent, that means the king is there. When the king came, she should open up and made a bracha, the bracha that we saw before, she Natan Michvodol the Basar Vadam Amalei Haot Stuki the Man the Lochazit Lei Kamevarecht. If you can't see, why are you making a bracha? Omai Havi Alei the Haot Stuki. So what happened to that Stuki who was poking fun of Rav Sheshet? Igadamri Chavruhi Tachlinu Leine Mida Kineged Mida that he was Nitpas and his friends. I don't know how good these friends were. They gorged out his eyes. That he became blind as well, like Rav Sheshet. Igadamri. Rav took one look at him and he turned into a pile of bones. That is said about other people as well. Rav Shimba Yochai in the story of the cave in Shabbat, which we'll get to. Over there, the person who was Malshin on him was alive. Afterwards, Rav Shimba says, I can't believe this guy is still alive. He took one look at him and he turns into a pile of bones. Rav Yochanan also, story of Rav Yochanan, that he took one look. One of his Talmidim turned into a pile of bones in the Gemara and Sanhedrin in Perkah because he had questioned what Hashem could do. They have these, these ideas, whether you take it literally or not, is questionable. But the idea being that their look at them meant that they were done. I can say this always, that, that Gemaras were heavily redacted, censored, and many times the word stuki is placed in the Gemara, and we don't know what was there beforehand. It's not clear what was there beforehand. You could try to get some of the older gear sold and find them, see what was there. Sometimes we don't even know. The term that would have been used was a min, which usually referred to the early, early Christians. I can't tell you. Every time you have this in the Gemara with stuki, you have to really, you have to question whether it's the real term that's being used here, especially in this context, because they, when they censored it, they took out the word min, they took out those words. Shila gave Malkot, whipped this individual, the Baal Mitzrit, that slept with an Egyptian woman. Azal Achel Bey Kurtze Bey Malko. This is a expression, a euphemism. He went and ate with the royalty, but Achabekurtse means that he ate and he winked. He basically was Mashin. He went to the authorities and said that Rav Shila is practicing or adjudicating, punishing, adjudicating, without permission from the king. There's one Jew, the Kadayan Dino, he's adjudicating, he is carrying out executions, below Harmana de Malko, without the permission of the king. He doesn't have authority being granted by the king. That's in Bavel. So here we're talking about the Romans where they didn't have religious autonomy. In Bavel, they did have a certain amount of religious autonomy. So, Shadr Alei Priskita. So they sent an official to, messenger official. Kiat Amrilei, Maitame Why did you whip? Why did you give lashes to this individual? Because he slept with the donkey. Samalei, Itlach Sade? Do you have witnesses to this? Yeah, sure. Ateliyau. Ayo shows up, appeared like an individual, a man, and he gave testimony to this. Wait, bestiality, forget about whipping him, he should have been put to death. 
says, you know, I would have done it, but since we've been put into exile, capital punishment has been taken away from us. We don't execute capital punishment anymore. The truth is that corporal punishment is also a little bit questionable. Capital punishment, at least, we don't execute. You guys can do what you like. You know, I didn't want to step on your toes, but you guys should do whatever you want. So, until he looked into the matter, he was looking into the matter to see if they could get this guy executed. Patak Reb Shila, began to save Amar, Lecha Hashem Agdula Vagvura. Hashem, you have the Gdula Gvura because he had taken care of him, meaning that he had sent the Leon Avi down to take care of him. Amalei, my Kamart. He said, what did you just say? The Priskada, this Roman official, overheard him and said, wait, wait, what did you say? So Amalei, Lachi Kamina. That's what I said, Brich Ruchmana. said, blessed be Hashem, Diyayiv Machutu Ba'ara Kein Machutu Durkiyah. That put on earth a rulership, a monarchy, that is similar to that which takes place in heaven. And he gave you the ability to rule and the mercy of justice, but meaning that you are adjudicating and doing all these great things. You have such respect for, could say, you're going to either be the Caesar or for the royalty, meaning that you have such respect for the government. Kufa gives him a staff. I'm relay Dondina. You have permission now to adjudicate it. You have such respect for the monarchy. Certainly, you should be able to judge your person a good person for this. So this person who is going to be executed by the Roman official now turns around to Rabshila and says, "Wait, God does miracles for liars." Because he said, you lied, that I slept with a donkey. I slept with an Egyptian woman, not a donkey. So how came are they? So Abishila responds to him, Russia, love Hamre Ikru? Aren't they called donkeys? Tichtiv, we quoted this puzzle before from Michaskel, Ashir Basar Chomarim Bisaram, that their flesh is like the flesh of donkeys. Here it's referring to the other nations. There it talks about Mitzrayim and other nations. So there is a specific reference to animals in the context of the other nations. So he says that they're compared to the donkey. So what I said was true. Chazi the Kazal, the member of he saw that this individual is going to go spill the beans to the Roman official and tell him that basically Rav Shil just called him a donkey. The Karinu Chamre, that he called them donkeys. Amar, hi Rodefu. This person is considered or classified as a Rodef. But Torah Amrai, Badachorchachash, came to go. Someone comes to kill you, you have a right in self-defense to be preemptive and kill him. Machia Bukufa, he used the new staff that he got, he whacked him with the staff at Kadle and he killed him on the spot. The principle of Rodef is based on Ababa Machteret, it's in Parshad Mishpatim. Someone who comes to steal a thief that comes at night and he does it by tunneling under the house. He knows when he tunnels under the house that the Balabite, if he discovers him, will not stand there idly, and that he's going to kill this guy who's trying to tunnel into his house. So in going into his house, tunneling into the house, he's going to kill him. The one who's coming to steal knows that he has two choices. That either he's going to meet the Balabite and kill him, or he's not going to meet the Balabite and he's going to be a thief. Now you have a two-sided problem here. The reason that the person who's coming to steal is going to kill the Balabite is because he knows that nobody's going to stand by and watch him steal. So therefore, there's now, his intent when he comes to steal is to murder. And if his intent to murder, you're allowed to be preemptively stop him and murder him. And that's the din of Rodef. That's where we learn out this din of Rodef, that if someone is chasing you, someone who is going to kill you, you can take the preemptive step of killing them. Now, again, that's considered to be self-defense in that case, even though you're preemptively taking the step to stop them. It's a principle in Aloha, has to be used wisely and very carefully. 
And the term is used very loosely sometimes today, thrown around. Oh, he's a rodev, rodev. Right? Rodev has a very specific halakhic connotation, and it has very far-reaching implications. So it has to be used sparingly and in the right context. So then he goes on, and he says, Amar hobi avidli nisi b'haikra. Since a miracle happened to me with this pasuk, let me dorish the pasuk. What is gedula? Zuma sebreshit. Hashem makes greatness, creates unbelievable things. Aden cheker. Nobody can investigate it. Nobody can look into it. Vehagvura yuzu yitziat mitzrayim shenemar vayarisel te yad hagidola. So I said Benisel saw the yad hagidola. So that's talking about the gvura of Hashem in Mitzrayim. And it's interesting that you have here the word gedola, which is the reference back to Masebreshit, which many times we talk about the fact that Yitzhak Mitzrayim was an affirmation of that which took place in Masebreshit. Vatiferet zuchama ulevana. Tiferet is splendor, and that is the sun and the moon. Shamdolo Yoshua, that stood still for Yoshua. Shnemar, vaydom ha-shemesh, v'yereach hamad. Not far from here. He says, shemesh b'givon dom, v'yereach b'emek ayalon. Happened Gimel Tamus. The beginning of the summer period, and many times you can see in that period of time, the sun is setting and the moon is already risen. They're both found in the sky at the same time. But Netzach, the victory, Zuma Paltal Sharomi, that is the destruction of Rome, the fall of the Roman Empire. Chenumer, Beyez Nitzcham al Bigadi, sprayed the victory on my Bigadim, but the victory here means the Tidavo. We're talking about the Netzach, that victory is the Tidavo when Rome is deposed. Behold, the whole glory. This is the battle of Nachle Arnon, which we also saw in the Gemara before. That is the Shira that they sang. Melchamet Arnon is really not fought by anybody but Hashem. Hashem closes the mountain up, and then the Amorites are killed in the closing of the mountain that we mentioned before in the Gemara. That's the battle with Sisra, Dvorah and Barak when they're fighting Sisra. Shnemar, it says in Shirat Dvorah, I mean a Shamaim Yilchamol, from the heavens they fought, the stars from their paths. And that not only was there a battle on earth, there was a battle in Shamaim that came to fight Sisra, to take on Sisra. The kis or the kisei machutov Hashem is not shalem until Mechamet Amalek takes place. So Mechamet Amalek is about the Hashem Amalacha, that the kingdom should belong to Hashem, that is prevented because of Amalek, and therefore the battle with Amalek removes that impediment. But Mitna say, Zu Mechamet Gogomagog, Bechenimwer, this is Minyona Diyoma, Hinini Alecha Gog, Nesi Rosh Meshech Vituval. Hashem says, I'm going to take you on. Gog, the prince, the head of Meshech Vituval. This is the Haftorah for Cholomoed Sukkot. This is where we read from Yechezkel about uh, Gogomagog. This is Minyona Diyoma. The Chol Rosh, Amravchanan Barov, Avamrav Yochanan, Afilu Resh Gargita, Minashemai Manulek. Even the person who's the head of the irrigation system, he was appointed Minashemai. Any position of authority, any Rosh comes from heaven. Hashem appoints everybody. Anybody who rises in the ranks, or takes on a position of authority, that's always guided by Hashem. Then, Matnita, Tano, we have a Brayta, Mishmeder of Yekiva, that interprets the Pasuk differently, Chashem Agdullah, Zukriyat Yamsuf, Vagvura, Zumakat Bechorot, Kriyat Yamsuf and Makat Bechorot, which are the two significant events in Mitzrayim. Anytime we mention Mitzrayim, if you want to give a summary of Mitzrayim, it talks about Kriyat Yamsuf and Makat Bechorot, for instance, in Halal Agadol. Halal Agadol, we say, 
in Kilolam Chasto, we talk about Makat Bechorot, Makat Bechorot, and Kriyat Yamsuf. Okay, and anytime you summarize, those are the two major events that we speak about in Tefillin also. When we talk about the Tefillin, it's a Zechar to the Yad Agdola, the Yad Agvura of Hashem, also relating to Makat Bechorot and Kriyat Yamsuf. Batiferet Zumatan Torah, the splendor, that is the giving of the Torah. Vanetzach zu Yerushalayim, and Vahod, and the glorious zu Beit HaMikdash. Someone who sees Jewish settlements that are built in Eretz Yisrael, Omer Baruch Metziv Gvul Let's be the one who put back the boundaries of the widow. Amana is the terminology that's used in Megillat Echa, to describe Eretz Yisrael, to describe Klal Yisrael after the Churban Bayit Rishon. So as Rashi points out here, Kegom Bishu Bayit Sheni. In Yishu Bayit Sheni, that's the return Hashem is bringing back the widow and settling the land of Eretz Yisrael. So that is Baruch Metziv Gvul Amana, and that's the proper bracha for those that returned or settled in Eretz Yisrael. The Mishnah Burr, in discussing this halacha, says it might only apply during Bait Shini when Yisrael Miyushavim Betokefu Begvura, so that it have to be a solid base and that they have strength and that they are indefensible borders. Which might also apply today. Now, the Mishnah first writes, "Vevshar dafko be'eretz Yisrael u'bizman ba'itcheni." That's only in Eretz Yisrael and only in zman ba'itcheni. Val bizman zeh afilu be'eretz Yisrael lo. Maybe in Eretz Yisrael it's even not that he quotes in the Beit Yosef. The Yeshvim Farshim Kavanat Rashi da'filim heim yushavim atakmo ba'itcheni ganke mivarchim. That even today, if they're settled and Eretz Yisrael settled, then you do make such a bracha. Where the Rif narrows this down, it says that with the batim we're talking about here are not just regular housing. We're talking about Batei Midrash and Batei Knesiot. But the bracha applies not to residential houses, but rather to a Beit Knesset or a Beit Midrash. And the Ilya Rabba says on that that it doesn't matter whether it's in Eretz or in Chutzlar. It's either place. A Beit Knesset or a Beit Midrash deserves this bracha. Although the Prima Godin in the end says better not to say this bracha with shame and Malchut because of the uncertainty surrounding when you should and should not say the bracha. Banan, if he sees them in their destruction, Omer Baruch Dayan Ha'emet. If he sees non-Jewish settlements that are built up, Omer, my assumption being in Eretz Yisrael, then he says, Beit Ge'im Isach Hashem. House of those that are haughty, Hashem should destroy, pluck up, remove. Banan Omer, he says, Hashem, the Shir Shoyom for Yom Revi'i, Hashem should take, Hashem takes revenge, Hashem should bring forth his revenge, and meaning that he took his revenge on the non-Jews that built up in Eretz Yisrael. They were walking along the way. They came to the door of the house of Rav Chana Bar Chanilai. Rav Chista broke down and he sighed. Am I coming? Nachat? Sighing like that? Sighing like that breaks half the body of a person. Let the sigh go with the breaking of your loins, which is the halfway point right on the body. Even the whole body of the body of the person comes to that. Shenamar. And when the people say to you, why are you sighing? Talking about, there's going to be news. 
then that news comes, every heart will melt, and the puzzle goes on and on about what's going to happen, and people's legs will tremble, so on and so forth. I mean, the news is going to be so bad. The news that he's referring to is the news of the Churban Abayit that's going to reach Bevel, that the news is going to be so bad, people are going to feel like their bodies have been broken. So here, in the terminology that's used here, the sighing is a result of either pain at the loins or breaking of the whole body. How could I not sigh here? This is a house that had 60 bakers or cooks during the day and 60 bakers or cooks at night. And they provided for anyone who needed. And he never removed his hand from his wallet to suffer. Because maybe a good poor person will come by, but if I have to run to get my wallet, he'll be embarrassed and he'll leave. He had doors on the four sides of his house to the four, the four directions of the earth, like Avram Avinu. His house was open. Anybody entered hungry? He exited when he was full. In years of famine, he used to throw out wheat and barley out onto the streets. Anybody who was embarrassed to come during the day to collect it, he could come at night and take that food. Now all this is, is a ruin. It's a big pile of dust. How could I not sigh? This house that represented a pinnacle of Chesed, how could I not sigh about that? It's destruction. trying to placate Rav Chista. says, that from the time that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, Hashem also put out a decree that the house of the Tzadikim will be destroyed. Hashem says, listen, you know what's going to happen? It's not going to be that the Batim Rabim, many houses will be left desolate, destruction to you. And large and big, wonderful houses will be without inhabitants. And Hashem said that that's what's going to happen. Part of the Qurban is that the Qurban has a global impact. It's not simply an impact on the Beit HaMikdash itself, but it has global impact. It affects all the Batei Tzadikim. It affects all these Makumot Chesed. And that's what we say in the keynote on Tishubav. Part of the keynote on Tishubav talk about the fact that the Qurban Abayit affected the constellations. It has a global implication. It's not just a unique and parochial impact on where the Mikdash was. The future Hashem will return them, Shinemar. Share my Lord to David. Abutkim Bashem Kartzion. Those that trust in Hashem, Kartzion. Martzion Ati the Kosh Bokulak Zero. What does it mean that they trust in Hashem? Trust in Hashem, just like Hartzion, Lati the Bo, Hashem's gonna bring back Mount Zion is gonna bring back the Bayat, the Shuvo, and it'll be settled up at him, Shadikim Adira Kosh Bokulak Zero the Shuvan. So too the Batima the Tadikim will return to their place. And just like in the Khurban, the Khurban takes down the Batit Tadikim. The rebuilding, the return of Tzion and the return of the Mikdash will also lead to a return of the Batei Tzadikim. Chazid lo miyashivdate. He saw that didn't settle his mind, that it didn't help. Ulo tried to play Kate of Chist and it wasn't working. Says it's enough. He says that the Eved, the servant, can't be any greater than the Rebbe. The Rebbe meaning Hashem. For the destruction of the Mikdash, we have a certain protocol in terms of Avelut. And same for the Eved. You can't be more mournful over the subjects over the tzaddikim, then you would be over the Churban Abayit. And just like by the Churban Abayit, we have a designated time for Avelut and a designated protocol of Avelut, 
then this shouldn't exceed that type of Evelut. Someone sees a Jewish cemetery says, That Hashem created you, here in Din and Justice, but rightfully created you, and He sustained you, and and He provided for you, and then He brought you back to your world in a rightful manner, and He's going to bring you back to life. He used to add on this additional piece in the name of Nachman. He knows all your numbers. And he will bring you back to life in the future. And to be kind with you, that he will bring back to life those that are dead. That's the bracha that you say when you go to Jewish Kvarim. It's a partial tzidok adin, but also a bracha latid. That Hashem should bring back Tchiata Mitim. Which if you find in the cemetery, I think in Beit Shemesh, they have it in the cemetery there, they have a placard that's up there that has this bracha on the placard when you come to cemetery. It has the same din as once every 30 days. If you go more often than 30 days, then it doesn't apply. But once every 30 days you go, that this is the bracha that one should say when they enter into the Kivrei zone to the cemetery. On the other hand, Kivrei of the Chuchavim Omer, over the graves of the Chuchavim, he says the same thing when he sees them alive, of Musa, which is Bosho Yimchem. Same thing we quoted before. Someone sees his friend after 30 days, after 12 months, Baruch Right, both of these brachot exist. It also points out, this is only That's a friend that uh, you're close with. It's not you just saw somebody else, an acquaintance, that's somebody that you know. It's be somebody that you have a relationship with. If you see them after 30 days, you make a shechiyano. After a year, you make a mechayah meitim. The mate is not forgotten until 12 months. That's the why Evelut, the duration of Evelut for a parent is for 12 months, because the process takes 12 months before the person is forgotten. I was forgotten like a mate is from the heart. And I'm like a lost object, lost utensil. So Rashi does the acrobatics here to make this work, which is basically what the Klee obeyed, someone who loses a Klee, we know the din is that a person has to be machriz. person has to announce that they found it. The requirement of announcing being machriz is for up to 12 months. After 12 months, he does not have to announce anymore because there's yehush bayim, people give up hope. So just like by the utensils, by the kelim, then there's yehush after 12 months, so so too that mate that is nishtakach menalev is also for 12 month period. And based on that, then we go back to the bracha, which is that you have Mikhayim Eitim. If you haven't seen someone for 12 months, means that you've forgotten them. It's as if they're not alive anymore. When you're away from someone for over 12 months, and therefore you make the bracha of Mikhayim Eitim when you are reunited. Rav Papa, Rav Huna, Breder Yeshua, Azli, Ba'urcha. They're walking on the way. Pagu Bey, Berav Chanina, Breder Avika. Amrlei, Bahadi, Dechazinach, Berachinan, Alach, Tarte. The fact that we saw you now, let's make two brachot about you. Number one is you're a Tamil Chacham, so Baruch Hashem, Chalak Mi Chachmatol Deireyav, and number two is Veshechetiyano because we haven't seen you for thirty days. So I'm a little anami. Came into Chazin Dinchu, Chazin Dinchu, Lavai Keshitin Rivan Beit Yisrael. So that's what I said to you before. He says seeing you is like seeing six hundred thousand of Kalal Yisrael. Ubruchin Aleichu Talata. I get you one up. I get you have to say three brachot on you. I'll say the same two brachot that you said. One is Asher Chalak Mechachmatol Riviav Shachiyanu, and then the brachot that you make on Ochlusa Shel Yisrael, which is Baruch Hacham Arazim. So I'll make that brachot as well. Anach Tarte plus Baruch Hacham Arazim. I'm Rulei Chachimid Kohai. 
If such a smarty pants, yay beinayu, they took one look at him, v'shokhiv, and he died. It's a difficult Gemara, no question about it, but it seems there was some sort of one-upmanship in his response to them. That they had said they made two brachot, and he asked, I'll make three. And that one-upmanship was considered to be a lack of proper kavod for these Tamid Chachamim, and that's why they looked at him in a negative light. Others suggest that's because he made a brachot of Batala, he shouldn't have made the brachot without 600,000 of Uchlo Say Yisrael. Either way, it's a very difficult Gemara, because none of those actions are deserving of death, and he ends up dying because of that incident. Alright, I'm Rebbe Shubalevi. That's from the word bohak. Bohak in the Torah is talking about in Sarat. Bohak is a white, something that is white. Ravir means freckled or spotted. Omer Baruch Mishanebriot. That is Hashem, one who is makes unusual uh, creations. Mishuneh could be from different the derivative of the word. It can mean to be different, or it also can mean unusual. So here it could mean both. I don't think it's necessarily either one is incorrect. It makes unusual creations, but it also he diversifies, meaning that not everybody's the same. Meitavit. Ra'at kushi. You see, he's a kushi, someone who's black. Rashi says it's very black. Ve'et gichur. Someone who's red, reddish, and again, very deep reddish complexion. Ve'et lavkan. That's an albino. Ve'et kapach. Someone here, it sounds somebody who's very obese. Rashi describes it as that his width is greater than his height. Ve'et ananas, a dwarf. Veta Drikinas. Drikinas sounds like a giant. Someone who is unusually tall. Rashi says, Rodish Lashon Acher Piv Akum. Amar Baruch Hashanet Abriyot. So there he makes that bracha. Veta Kitea. Veta Suma. Someone who is an amputee. Someone who is blind. Veta Tuye Harosh. On the side, the Orach brings Perishmesh Ein Roshos Galgal Al Rachva. He doesn't have a rounded head, he has a flatter head. Rashi says, Shisaro Kinamta Asaro Davuk Zebezet. Paltir. He has some sort of matted hair, flattened hair. Veta chiger, someone who is lame. Veta mukeshchin, someone who is infected with boils. Veta bahakanim, again these bakanim, which are the spotted freckles. Veomer baruch dayan emet. And he makes a baruch baruch dayan emet. Now, lokasha. What's it? Here you have an overlap between the two bright oats. And the overlap between the two bright oats, one of them bahakanim, we said, says baruch mishan every oat. One time we said the bakanim is baruch dayan emet. Where it says, no, it's different. Hami meimo, depends if it's congenital, hadar batar deitilid, or if it happened after he was born. And if it's congenital, then it's mishanabri dot. If it's something that happened later in his life, then you would say, baruch dayan emet. Because it's bad news. It's something horrible that happened to this individual. Dekanami diktani, dumia dikiteya. Because it talks about a kiteya there, and a kiteya is an amputee. And the amputee is something that happened later in life. It wasn't a congenital, but something who lost their legs. And the Rashi talks about over here, kiteya, depends on the context. Over here, kiteya means that he lost his arms. Usually, kiteya means that one lost their legs. Over here, means they lost their arms. Because in the context of chiger, the word chiger is used, and kiteya means loss of arms. Kiteya by itself, standalone, means a loss of legs. So here, in this context, since it says chiger and, they, and it says kiteya, the kiteya here means loss of arms. But anyway, kiteya is something that happens later. That's not a congenital item, that is something that happens to someone. If that's the case, the bracha is over something that happens afterwards. Turn around, banan. kof bikipuf. Someone who sees an elephant, a monkey. Now here it says kipuf. In the past we had the word kipod in the Gemara. Now it uses the word kipuf. Kipuf is like a vulture. Or if it's akin to what we saw before, then it's the martina, long-tailed monkey. Whatever these are, unusual birot. So again, it seems here that means 
unusual rather than diversified here because these are these elephant and the monkey these are unusual types of animals not that they're diversified I would say someone who sees nice creatures creations beautiful trees blessed that he made his world in this way with all this beauty this next mar is extremely difficult I'll do my best to work through it it's got to do with astrology, constellations, and uh, we'll translate it, and I'll try to give my best interpretation of it. My Zikin. What is Zikin? Zikin is some sort of shooting constellation, shooting star. So it's Kochva de Shavit. If you translate it literally, it means a shooting star. But otherwise, it's a comet, a meteor, something that moves along the skyline and leaves a trace of white dust behind it. So it could be any of those, comet, meteor, shooting star. Farmer Shmuel, Nihirin li Shvile de Shmaya, Shvile de Narada. I know the paths of the constellations of the stars like I know the paths of Narada. I know astronomy so well that I am as familiar with the stars as I am with the streets in Narada. The Varmi Kukhva Deshavit. That I don't understand because obviously it's out of place. Kukhva Deshavit is not a usual occurrence. I don't know what that is. And we have a Mesorah. It will not pass Orion. Viavar Kislev, it passes Orion, Charav Alma, the world will be destroyed. Valka Chazina Da'avar, we do see that it passes Orion, and so why is it the world destroyed? So one answer is Zivehu Da'avar, its brightness passes by, Umitchazek Da'avar, it looks like it's passing by, but it's not really passing Orion. It looks like it's passing, but it's really only its light that's passing by. Rav Huna, Braid Rav Yishuamar, Vilon Hu, Demikaro, now this is a difficulty, the question is what is this statement of Rav Huna coming to modify? It could be that it's modifying the Mishnah before, and it's explaining what Zikin are in the Mishnah, that's why Rashi reads it. Tosafot says, no, it's explaining this problem with the Kochba Deshavit, that it passes by Orion. So it's one of those two. It's Vilanu Demikra, it's tearing, according to Rashi, what's the Zikin is that it's tearing the cover of the Rikia, Megalgal. They believed in their day that the earth was stationary, and that the stars were moving, and it was a Galgal. It was a circular dome, and that dome rotated around, and that's how the stars moved through the season. And during the different seasons, why were the stars in different locations? Not because the earth was moving, but because the Galgal, the sphere of the dome, was moving. So this dome is being torn by whatever this item is. And because it's tearing it, Therefore you can see the light of the Rikia above it, behind it. The dome is being torn, and then you can see that which is behind it. So that would be the explanation according to Rashi of Zikin, and that's why you see these stripes of light. And according to Sufot, it's an explanation for why this comet, or this moving item, looks like it's moving past Orion. It's not because it's literally passing Orion, but because it's tearing the Galgal, and it looks like there's light bursting through that looks like it's passing it. Rashi Amar Kochbahud Akar Mihai Gisa de Kasla, Vachazilei Chavrei Machisa. It's a star that moves from one side of Orion, jumps to the other side, Umibit. And the other star gets afraid. And it looks like it's passing by. So it's not really passing Orion. It's just, it looks like it's scared and moving, but it's not literally passing Orion. Shmuel Ramiktiv, Sukim say, Ash Shemuel makes the constellation. Ash is the bear or Ursa Minor. Ksil is Orion. Vikima is Pleiades. But the other puzzle says in Amos, Ose Kima Uksil. Pleiades and then Orion. So it changes the order. In one case, Orion comes first, and in the second time, he comes second. Hakate said, what's that? Il malei chamashel ksil. If it wasn't for the heat of Orion, 
לא נתקיים עולם, the world would not survive, מפני צינה של קימה, because of the coldness of Pleiades. If it wasn't for the cold of because of the heat of Orion, they balance each other out. If it were not for the tail of the scorpion, that was inside the river of Dinor, anybody was stung or bitten by a scorpion, would not live. And that's what Hashem says to Iov. Did you bind the chains of Pleiades? Pleiades is made up of seven stars that are very, very close together. So did you bind them together? Did you put them together? Did you loosen the bands of Orion? Orion is a belt of Orion. It's three stars that are far apart. So did you loosen them up or did you bring them together? That's the reference over here. The Akravad, which is Scorpio, or Sagittarius, which is also a fall or autumn constellation. And now Dinor, in the constellation, there's something called River of Dinaris, which might be what this is referring to. Or some suggest it's referring to the Milky Way. Now, my Kima. What is this Kima that we're talking about, this Pleiades? I'm a Shmuel. Kimea Kachve. It's made up of a hundred stars. Amrila de Mekafne. Some say it means a hundred stars together. Amrila de Mevajlan. That they are spread out. My Ash. What is this bear, this Ursa Minor? I'm reviewed the Yuta. My Yuta, I'm reviewed Zanav Tle. It's the tail of Tle. I'm reviewed Agla. Some say it's the head of the calf. Now that would be right, exactly. That would be Aries, the tail of Aries, and the head of Taurus, that, which is afterwards. Aries comes, that's Nisan, and Taurus is Iyar. So therefore it follows, the head of the Taurus follows the tail of the Aries. So it would be around the same period of time. And when it says, Mestav HaKamad Amr Zanev makes sense according to one who says that it's Aries' tail, Dekhtiv, Va'ayish Abanat Dekhim, that Ayish will be comforted over the loss of her children. Alma Chaseira, that it's missing something. Mutkazia Ketarfa Detorif, looks like a, Rashi gives different interpretation, looks like a flattened out tail. Doesn't look like a full tail or a cut off tail. And there's something wrong with the tail of Aries. It looks like it's shortchanged. And so therefore, I, I don't know how it connects exactly to Ursa Minor, because they were talking about Ash or Aish. So I'm not sure how that connects to Ursa Minor to the tail of Aries. But that's described over here. Fa'ida Azla Batra. And it's going after Vamra Lea Havli Binay. Give me my children, give me my children. The Bishash will be Kesh Lavi Mabul Oldam when Hashem wanted to bring the Mabul. He took two stores out of Pleiades. When he went to stop the Mabul, took two stars. Now, whether this is out of Aries or out of Ursa Minor, the Satma, and he placed them back at the Pleiades. So why don't he just put the original stars back where they came from? It's an expression we saw earlier in the Mesechta, that you can't refill a boar from that which is taken out of it. It never suffices to put it back. Or, now they became the prosecution. They're the ones who caused the mabul. They can't be the ones that stopped the mabul. They can't become the defense. So believe it, trade koch So just get, create two new stars and put them in there. Ain kol chadash takadashemish. Once the world is put into motion, there's nothing new that happens. In future, Hashem will put them back to them. Future, Aish will be comforted because their tail will be given back or the stars will be given back. Again, whether that's Ursa Minor or referring to the tale of Aries, it's not clear here. The Mara seems to be jumping back and forth between the two of them. Okay, we'll stop over here.